It's time to check in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living. We take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. The Concierge for Better Living will help informed, intrigued, and interested listeners like you make better choices for yourselves and your loved ones. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents The Concierge for Better Living with your host, Doc Rob. Hello and good day. This is Doc Rob, Dr. Rob Streisfeld, your concierge for better living here at CannabisRadio.com, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and so many other great platforms, spreading good information, having great conversations, and of course, just promoting this plant in the way we all want to live happier and healthier lives. It's another great day here. Uh, lots of things happening in the industry, lots of things happening in the world. And you know, one of the things I always look at is you know, when we talk about better living, what happy, what makes people feel better? Many of the things that we are uh, are finding out are good for your health. Um, well, I mean, supporting the endocannabinoid system, perhaps, are things that we already know to be good for you. Yoga, meditation, dark green leafy vegetables, and so forth. But, you know, one of the other things I've always liked, and I've seen this now, it's popped up on social media lately, a bunch of videos, is... Uh, I see there's a hospitals that bring in dogs into the hospitals for, to patients to give them you know good energy and to help them as more therapy dogs. You see a lot of emotional support animals. It's all great that we kind of utilize this the, our, our pets to help us feel better. But what are we doing to help the pets feel better? So today I'm really excited to have our guest, uh, a doctor in veterinary medicine out of Arizona, Dr. Josh Sosnow. Thanks for coming on today. Welcome. Uh, great to have you on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Doc Rob. Appreciate it. It's my pleasure. And I am serious. I think the whole the family unit includes your domesticated animals, uh, whether it be a gerbil to a, uh, I would say giraffe, but that's unrealistic. Um, although my mom would have loved to have a, a, a pet giraffe back you know, when she was alive. That would have been cool. Um, but what what... I know you're a vet. What uh, what what's some of the exciting things you're working on? I know you got some activity. You're you're part of this buzz with CBD and cannabidiol. Tell us a little bit. What how did you get involved in the in the cannabis space, and how does that relate to your practice? Well, uh, right. Thank you. So I've been actually a practicing veterinarian for about 18 years, and um, my practice is prin- principally focused on uh, dogs and cats. About two years ago, I had the opportunity to work with a company in the CBD space to actually design a clinical study. And about the same time, we started to hear more and more about the potential benefits of the phytocannabinoids. So based on the experience of designing and then conducting the clinical study, which looked at the effects of CBD on uh, principally dogs with osteoarthritis, it really piqued my interest. And, and from that point forward, I've spent the better part of the last two years, more or less, um, learning about CBD, about the endocannabinoid system, and really incorporating CBD into my practices to help manage a variety of conditions in pets. Um, So much so that um, myself and and some partners have formed a company to produce CBD-based products for the veterinary medical market to really try to help patients out there. That's really awesome. I mean, I've been part of this uh, space for a while. I've actually spoken with... um, several years ago, the National Animal Supplement Council, uh, NASC. I've done some pet shows in regards to hemp and CBD. I think it's a great category, but you know, especially as a health professional, whether it be for humans or animals, you may want to make sure that the quality of the products, the source of the materials, the additional ingredients are all safe and quality, you know, and, you know, 
for your for the consumer. And uh, you know, it sounds like that's something that obviously is may have been challenging, but also leads to opportunity. It does. I mean, I can speak to our company, for example. Um, our products are manufactured in a facility that not only adheres to the FDA Good Manufacturing Practice Guidelines, uh, guidelines known as CGMP, but it, uh, the products are also manufactured in a facility um, that is approved and obviously evaluated by the National Animal Supplement Council, the NASC. Uh, admittedly, a lot of products in the marketplace come from, um, I would say, a relatively few number of manufacturers. and. Uh, Many of these manufacturers will manufacture to different standards. Some of them, you know, a standard that's actually quite high. But at least in the veterinary space, since the the, the awareness, um, the knowledge of the phytocannabinoids is sort of lagging behind. I think in many cases, what the general public knows about them, um, we try to provide veterinarians with a, a a level of confidence by manufacturing our products in just this way so that going forward they can have a little bit more confidence that what they're providing to their pets is, is really going to be beneficial and not harmful in any way. Yeah, that's really important. I said, you know, it's it's where I even caution people, you know, I work in the dietary supplement industry for 15 plus years and, you know, it's, it's not to say that they're all bad, but now you're seeing all these reports on Amazon and uh, the product doesn't have what's in it, doesn't have what's on the label, it actually has no CBD whatsoever. Um, so it's really interesting. What are some of the things you're seeing uh, cannabidiol be most effective for in, 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 the, in the patients that you've been working with? So some of the more common indications are things like osteoarthritis. Um, admittedly, right. when, we, when we deal with larger dogs in particular, oftentimes we have osteoarthritis, which travels together with different types of neuropathic pain. So we, we look to treat those concurrently. It's actually quite common these days to see people using CBD to manage anxiety or other behavioral disorders. Admittedly, what we're starting to find is that CBD has a place when managing patients with cancers, certainly managing patients with different types of neurodegenerative diseases, and even patients who have allergies or GI conditions. Um, utility of CBD is something that we're really beginning to explore. And I think that going forward, especially with the introduction of a variety of the other phytocannabinoids, we're going to see a bit of a paradigm shift in how we manage a lot of conditions relative to what we do today. Yeah, it's amazing. And again, I, I, it's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show and your, I appreciate your insight is because, you know, there's not that much difference when you're treating a, a dog to a human or, you know, in that sense of digest the benefits of CBD, you know, the anxiety, the digestive health, immune support, uh, joint, you know, inflammation in general. And I love that that's something that people can understand that. I get as many calls these days asking questions about CBD for their parents or, you know, grandparents or for their children as I do for the family pet. Um, my aunt is a breeder. I've mentioned this on the show before. One of the challenges that she's had is is most of these products aren't geared towards the larger dogs. Um, her dogs are she breed you know she's not a breeder now but she she has Leon burgers and uh, Leon burgers are an amazing breed of uh, Saint Bernard Great Pyrenees and Giant Newfoundland so they're not sitting on your lap or at least they try to but they shouldn't be on there too long. <laughs> but, uh, you make some actually some really good points I mean they're, they're the endocannabinoid system in people and dogs is virtually identical in fact the pharmacokinetics of CBD is is I don't want to say nearly identical, but very similar between uh, humans and or people and, and our pet population. It is true that, that when you have larger patients, um, 
it can be quite difficult at times to even be able to afford the amount of CBD that you would need to treat them appropriately. And, and just like on, on the human side of things, you know, the dosing strategies that we use for one condition could be very different than a secondary condition. And therefore, uh, you have to consider that when you're when you're deciding whether you want to use CBD only because it's an expensive product at the moment. And as the price comes down, I think we'll have a lot more flexibility and latitude to use it in some of the largest patients like Leanburgers. Um, or equines for that matter. I mean, that was the other thing. I was spoken to a bunch of horse owners and, um, you know, there's even on the high end, you know, thoroughbreds, there's been some talk about, you know, post-race recovery, um, how great cannabidiol CBD has been helping them uh, with that recovery. And yet now there's questions about, is it a illicit compound? Is it illegal? Is it doping or drugging the horses? So there's going to be a lot of these back and forth, but I love what you're saying. It's the price is expensive now, but as we increase the production, which is happening all over the world, uh, as we learn more about it, as more companies start to utilize it, I think the price is going to go down significantly. Uh, which is good for the consumer, maybe not for the grower or the, or the manufacturer, perhaps. But um, but the main the end point is the user is going to be able to get more access to it at a better cost. Yeah, and actually, you raise an interesting and point in question with respect to uh, the equine industry and horse racing. That is to say, that on the human side, the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency and the World Anti-Doping Agency have both approved CBD. They don't consider it performance-enhancing drugs. So it certainly would be interesting. Um, to talk with people who are in the equine racing industry to see what their view is. But you're right, you know, one of the other markets for, for this is the equine market. And, and not just with respect to, say, post-race recovery, but also with respect to traveling and, and even trailing horses, oh, yeah. especially when they arrive at a new location and they could be a little anxious. So, um, you know, only time will tell. I mean, this is really still the Wild West and we're just beginning as veterinarians to get involved with it. Unfortunately, we're, we're probably a good five to, to ten years behind the human field. Yeah, it's just an emerging market, and um, we're going to take a quick break. I have a few questions on pharmacokinetics and a few other aspects of this. This has been great so far. Uh, Dr. Salzenau, thanks for so far staying with us. Don't go anywhere. Listeners, don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break, pay some bills, and we'll be right back. And uh, this is Doc Rob, your concierge for better living. The concierge for better living will continue in a moment. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches, allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth sheepskin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z dot com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? No, not that kind of pot. Smart pot's the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. It's the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields, plus smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in over 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric aeration container. 
find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Are you ready to be inspired and educated by the best of the best in the cannabis industry while enjoying sunny South Florida? Then you cannot miss out on the second annual United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, August 2nd and 3rd at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. The USCC Expo welcomes all cannabis business professionals, medical cannabis caregivers and clinicians, growers and dispensary owners to join us for another can't-miss event. Sponsored by the radio and podcast leader for all things cannabis, CannabisRadio.com. Learn more at usccexpo.com. Let's check back in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living only on cannabisradio.com. And we are back. You know, we were talking with Dr. Josh Salznow, doctor of veterinary medicine. We're talking about the benefits and uses of uh, CBD and pets and dogs and horses. And, you know, as I said earlier, I've been, kind of part of the CBD movement from the beginning, um, both on the human side as well as the pet side. I did a lot of research here. Um, one of the veterinarians I worked with you know, several years ago is Dr. Robert Silver, who's done a lot with cannabis and, and uh, patient care, wrote a book on it. And, um, you know, and then we, when we were talking about it years ago, it was the pharmacokinetics was the first thing we had to understand. Is this safe for dogs? primarily to utilize. That was we were looking at dogs first. And we had contacted a really high-end, you know, veterinary expert at a University of Auburn. And she had said, first you gotta do studies on isolate. You know, you gotta get the purified isolate and do the do your research studies with patients to create a baseline. And then once we have those baselines, we can then compare those results to different extracts or fuller broad spectrum products and see the, the difference in effectiveness. Um, I think that was a very interesting approach, maybe a slow down tactic, but science has been showing more and more, the research has been showing more and more that the fuller broad spectrum products are having better effectiveness or working better than the isolates. Have you seen any of that? Have you been researching or experiencing any of the differences between the isolates and the full spectrum or broad spectrum products? Yeah, so interestingly enough, the, the original sort of pharmacokinetic studies were done back in, in actually 1988. In, in dogs, that ha- that study has been, uh, I should say that the information from that study regarding the pharmacokinetics of CBD has been re-verified since that time. Uh, and again, it, it, there's actually interesting parallels between not only dogs and, and, and cats, but dogs, cats, and, and people. With respect to the sort of argument for or against the use of single agent, single agent phytocannabinoids versus the entourage effect, um, certainly what I have relied on thus far is the discussions and uh, some of the studies on the human literature. And I think there's no question that at some point we're going to see phytocannabinoids, or I should say customized blends of phytocannabinoids designed to target particular conditions that are more effective than any single phytocannabinoid itself. Admittedly, I think we're a long way away from saying which might be better and under what circumstances, because then we also have to consider not just the type of phytocannabinoids that are present, but also what concentrations. And then, of course, consider how they're absorbed, what the pharmacokinetics look like. I think that, you know, I can say comfortably that CBD alone has provided a wealth of relief to a number of clients and patients. I think that we can also make a pretty good argument that that hemp oil products or products that are 
would be considered full spectrum products also have provided a wealth of benefit. It might be premature to compare the two. I'm not aware of any really good solid studies that have done so. But I think that at the end of the day, I think that if, if, if owners are willing to at least trial some type of hemp-based product, I think there's a lot of potential advantages regardless of what they choose. Yeah, that's a great point. Like I said, I, I used to be – well, I'm still not as much a fan of isolate as I am of, of the whole plant um, just because that's how I am as a naturopath. And I've also seen that whole plants work better when you combine it with other plants or other herbs or other commons like you're saying we don't know the final formulations that are work most effective i on the show um previously i had a great company called strain print at a car out of canada and they were talking about having an app this is for humans of course but to allow us to start collecting data of real first person experiences on different strains different products different delivery systems it's a little bit hard to get that feedback from the our pets but you know Pet owners, you know, probably better than most, are pretty intuitive. They get to know their their, their animals, their, their their family members pretty well. They know if they're depressed or if they got stress, or it's pretty interesting. You know, you get the connection between the you know the, the pet owner and, and the family members. So yeah, and it's interesting. You know, the many pet owners, or I should say, many veterinarians rather, automatically want to see the gold standard. They want to see a placebo controlled, double blinded crossover study that can be published. And the reality is, with products like this. At the end of the day, we value what our owners see, what our owners experience with respect to their, their, their relationship with their pets. It would be nice if we had access to all these studies, but in reality, we, we wanna make sure that we're providing the best possible medicine. We wanna make sure that we're doing right by the owner and doing right by the patient. And in the case of the phytocannabinoids, there's very, very little risk associated with it. And you know, as long as we can comfortably talk with the owner and, and, and they're feeling very comfortable with the results that we're seeing, oftentimes in, in the clinical environment, that's enough. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's really about quality of life for us as it is, I would imagine, on the human side. And if the owner's comfortable, I'm happy. Yeah, one would hope it's the same on the human side, a little bit more red tape, I think, to that degree. But um, no, I think that's a great thing. You got to have people, you know, feeling good and, and that pets and patients, you know, just giving you feedback is the most important thing. What's working for one person or one animal may not work the same for another. And uh, it's really kind of, again, we're early stage. I'm happy to hear, you, you know, docs like yourself or doing the research or doing, I don't want to say trial and error, but feeling comfortable with utilizing hemp and hemp extracts, even if it's carefully. Now, one of the things I always, have you seen any formulas in the, in the pet space that are using some of the acids, uh, some of the, you know, the CBDA, THCA, any of those compounds in formulation yet? There is one company that um, does incorporate CBDA as well as a small amount of CBDA as well as a CBD and, and some other a variety of you know terpenes and, and flavonoids that are present. Um, admittedly, you know certainly with respect to a lot of products that are made for the pet space, not specifically for the veterinary space, it can be difficult at times to get an accurate assessment of what's actually you know contained in the in the vial or right. in the product. Um, you know, I wish I could comment more on that. But unfortunately, it's, yeah, it's okay. you know it, it's the wild west. I mean, we're just we're just now beginning to see you know a huge number of products hit the market, um, and you know at the end of the day, I think what's most important is the fact that a lot of them have potential benefit. I think that as we learn more about the other phytocannabinoids on the human side, I think as we as veterinarians, we're already accustomed to adopting or adapting what we do based on what happens in, 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 in the world of human medicine. So we're very quick to take that and apply it because unfortunately we don't often have the money or the resources to do 
the same types of studies. So I think once we begin seeing that, you're going to see the same type of products developed for the veterinary market and we'll begin to really take advantage of all the other phytocannabinoids like CBDA, for example. Yeah, I, I ask in part, one, because I always want to know what's happening in different distribution channels, different segments of the marketplace, but also because I've done, you know, from my studies, I'm a, I'm a naturopath, I'm a holistic person, and, you know, one of the, one of the books and, and scientists I enjoy, he stated a, a, a comment that said, a 200-pound deer would go out into the woods and nibble on some cannabis and get benefits to its endocannabinoid system. And why do we as humans feel the need to extract, concentrate to such high potencies to give you know, a, a same 150, 200-pound or even less animal uh, or, or person for that matter, uh, such a higher concentration? Where does that fit in? I'm a big fan of microdosing and smaller right, dosing. So and what we understand with respect to the endocannabinoid system, I think, mind you, this is a sort of a gross generalization, but is the fact that it, it we modify the production, excretion, use of neurotransmitters at many, many, many levels throughout the body. And the one thing that I always try to drive home, particularly to my, to my clients, is the fact that there's so many potential targets for the phytocannabinoids. And one individual's phytocan, excuse me, um, endocannabinoid profile, I should say receptor profile, will look very different from another. So whereas you might encounter plenty of people who can take a very small dose and have a great effect, there are others that are going to be more severely deficient. I think obviously one of the, the great things to have access to would be able to do some sort of assessment or profile an individual to really understand what their needs are. And that's probably admittedly very years, many years off. But at the same time, um, it, it is true. I mean, obviously, you know, when you look at the bell curve, patients are all over the place. I know that that from in my veterinary patients, oftentimes we can give a dose as low as 0.25 migs per kg at times and owners perceive a difference in a very positive way. But it, it, for every one of those patients, I have you know four or five other patients who might need you know a milligram per kilogram or two milligrams per kilogram to treat osteoarthritis, or I should say to manage osteoarthritis. Um, and it can be frustrating. I mean, that's the biggest thing is there's such an individualized response even in our veterinary patients that it's a challenge sometimes to figure out what's both going to be effective and economical at the same time. No, I think that's a great point. I appreciate that insight. And uh, I always like to say, you know, start with a low dose and slowly titrate up um, and see what kind of reaction you get. But it's a lot easier, as I said, to get that kind of response and feedback from a human who can verbalize it versus a, a dog or cat or other animals. So, no, it's great insight for sure. Uh, we're going to take one, one more break and come back for our third and final segment with Dr. Josh Sosnow right now. Um, awesome information on helping your pets. I'm going to have a few more questions. I'm sure you have a few more pearls of wisdom. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back at this quick break. This is Doc Rob, your concierge for better living. The concierge for better living will continue in a moment. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the Seed to Sale Show, February 12th and 13th in Boston. Register now at SeedToSaleShow.com or dial 888-409-4418. Use code CANNABISRADIO15, spelled as one word with capital letters, 
for 15% off of registration. NCIA Seed to Sell Show will host over 3,000 cannabis professionals and focus on innovations in technology and cultivation, infused products and extraction, and sales strategies. The show will recognize the best in the industry with the NCIA Industry Excellence Awards. Plan your experience now for the 2019 NCIA Seed to Sell Show in Boston, February 12th and 13th. Go now to SeedToSellShow.com or call 1-888-409-4418. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads, make genuine business connections, and get premier brand exposure. This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are kicking off in Seattle, Portland, Las Vegas, Salt Lake City, and Phoenix in January. Register today using the promo code CANNABISRADIO20, all spelled in caps as one word, CANNABISRADIO20, to take 20% off at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Sponsorship opportunities are available. Register today at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Let's check back in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living only on CannabisRadio.com. And we are back once again, and we're talking about treating pets. I know you got you came out with, with a partner, you guys came out with your own products um, to kind of make this more available. And I think it's pretty much sold through hospitals and other veterinarians. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, when I look at this from a, from a clinician standpoint, I understand that there's a lot of different, the, the dosing strategies are so varied. And there are some patients that have multiple conditions that need to be addressed. So my attitude was, if I'm going to be that source of information for the client and, and help their patients, um, I want to provide a product that provides flexibility with respect to dosing. Um, we also obviously took into consideration that palatability and ease of administration are absolutely key. I mean, admittedly, um, you know, hemp oil is not always the most palatable uh, compound to take. And when you're talking about dogs and cats, you know, if an owner has to wrestle their pet, uh, if you will, into a proverbial headlock to administer the, the product several times a day, if they don't eat it on the food, that can be a challenge. So that's why our products, for example, are little soft treats that actually taste like cheese bread. But, you know, the, the biggest thing is that we, we recognize, especially now, that because CBD is, is a little pricey, um, we knew our products wouldn't be successful in, in the general marketplace, in the retail marketplace. People need to understand why we've, say, structured the dosing the way we have and why the products have been designed in a particular way. And um, so we chose to go with the veterinary market because, admittedly, with respect to the care of our pets, we still have credibility and I think people still rely on us for the guidance on how best to care for their pets. 
I think that's wonderful. Where can people find out more information about these products or what you're up to? I know you're big on education and, and not just selling things, but really empowering and educating, which is one of the other reasons why I wanted you on the show. Uh, where can people learn a little bit more about what you got going on? So they can go to our website, which is companioncbd.com. Um, we just completed a lecture, I should say a webinar to around 2,000 veterinarians week and we're doing a the second part of that here this next week uh, to about the same population same number of, of, of vets and people in the veterinary industry uh, but yeah our, we try to keep our website up up to date as best as we can with respect to everything that we're doing including providing a tremendous literature database of well over 250 articles pulled from uh, the human literature as well as the veterinary literature to keep people abreast of all the changes that are going on within the industry um, that is with respect to the science and the medicine concerning the phytocannabinoids. That's awesome. Yeah, again, like I said, offering those links and that, that research uh, as a reference, as a resource is amazing. I think that's just great. People need to keep learning. I know I get calls. Like I said, my aunt's network of dog owners are always calling saying, what What do you like? What products? What, what's, what any more studies have come out? You know, this, these are a lot of them. These are their children of sorts. So uh, I'm always trying to direct them in some good information. I'll happily pass along that uh, link for sure. Awesome. Well, I, again, anything else you want to share about your experience with this space? I mean, it's definitely a different perspective, but I love, I love you sharing, and thank you again for being on today. I think the only thing I'd say is I think from the, the pet owner's perspective, I think they have to realize that veterinarians are still learning about phytocannabinoids. None of us were taught about the endocannabinoid system in, in veterinary schools. So in many cases, clinicians have to go back to back to the basics to understand. And then, of course, there's this sort of confusing regulatory environment, which we always have to navigate, and that can provide some trepidation for vets when they consider whether they want to get involved with phytocannabinoids. But fortunately, the winds seem to be shifting in this country in favor of more legalization um, to allow more widespread reuse. So I, I think that if, if a pet owner is interested, by all means, ask your vet have your vet reach out to me or somebody else in the industry and we can provide that guidance. Awesome, awesome. I'm going to go follow up my buddies over at NASC and see what they're doing regarding cannabis and hemp and compounds just to see what, what their perspective is as well. Thank you for that kind of reminder. And I think it's really important. Again, we've got to look at the whole family, the whole household, whether it be uh, you know all your four-legged creatures and, uh, and two-legged creatures. So I appreciate you, Dr. Josh, coming on, sharing that insight, really informative. And anyone else, again, check out companioncbd.com. If you have any more questions on how to best uh, approach CBD in your pet. And, um, you know, again, this is just what we do here. We want to promote better living. Uh, we hope that today is a better than yesterday and tomorrow is better than today. Dr. Sosna, I will stay in touch with you. Please, anything comes around, I can be of assistance. Don't hesitate to reach out. Anyone else listening to the show today, you know, find me on social media, Doc Rob on Twitter, Doc Rob's Instagram, Concierge for Better Living on Facebook. It's easy to find me. Don't hesitate. That's what we're here for, education, empowerment, and our overall goal for better living. Uh, again, thanks, Dr. Salzner, for being our guest today. Thank you, everyone at Canvas Radio, producers, the team that makes this happen every time, and all you guys for listening and tuning in and sharing it. I wish everyone all the best in health and happiness.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.